Hey everybody, welcome to this week's edition of Black and White Reviews. I'm Lee. And I am Will. And we're going to talk about uh, the most recent episode of The Mandalorian, that's Chapter 10, The Passenger. Um, I thought it was a, uh, an interesting episode. Obviously this one wasn't directed by, um, <clears throat> wasn't directed by uh, Favreau, it was uh, Peyton Reed who directed it. Um, so different take on the situation. Um, I, I like that it was just, I like it was just one simple thing. Like you pretty much got to the meat of the episode and it, it all just took <clears throat> place in kind of one area. Once mm-hmm. they got there, once it kind of got rolling. Um, but, I mean, yeah, just as an overall feel, I, I feel like this one didn't quite live up to the first episode, which, I mean, makes sense. You know, an epi- uh, a se- season starts up or even a series starts up, you know, you want to have it start with the bang. And you might have some, you know, some lulls in there. Um, I know a lot of people might disagree with me. I just, I thought this episode definitely... Um, left some some more things to be desired or i could have just been butthurt about something uh that happened in it which i'll get to eventually but what are your initial thoughts on it all right so i'm opposite from you i thought this episode was better than the premiere um oh okay (laughs) because because and i'm gonna i'm gonna nitpick a little bit here i'm starting to get the feeling like this series is a bit bipolar in what it wants to be for mm-hmm. a couple of different reasons, mainly because there are your episodes from the first season and the premiere of this epi- of this season here, where it's very heavy-handed on fan service. Then mm-hmm. you have your episodes where it completely, you know, breaks those rules and it tries to be its own thing. Last week we right. discussed a little bit about how there was this like one episode in the first season that was like straight horror and that was brilliant mm-hmm. and. It, looking back on it, it's probably my favorite episode from the first season because it's so different from what Star Wars actually is. Right. And this season, we're getting something of the same thing. You know, the first episode, like I said, very fan service. You're on Tatooine. You get the two moons. You have the Tusken Raiders. You get Boba Fett or Jango Fett or whatever people want to call him right now. <laughs> this episode, straight, straight out of something of a video game. And the first thing that came to my mind was, I don't know if you or anybody else who's listening to this uh, played the first Half-Life that came out back in, like, I want to say, like, 99 or 2000, somewhere around there. The exact same setting. You're in a cave. It There's a bunch of things hatching all over the place that are coming at you. It was amazing. And mm. that's that's what I like about this show, when this show does that. When it deviates from the norm, and it's not trying to fan service the audience, and it's trying to be its own thing, excellent. And I have to say that that has to, that, that, that has to be, you know, who's directing these episodes. Peyton Reed. Ant-Man and mm. Ant-Man and Wasp. So his fingerprints mm. are all over this episode, and I love that. So, so far, this is this is the kind of episode for me. Um, I can see that anybody out there who likes the fan service and likes that Star Wars feel wouldn't like this episode, so I understand where you're coming from completely. Um, another thing I will say, if, <laughs> if you have arachnophobia, this is not the episode for you, and I would completely understand that, too. But by and yeah. large, by, yeah, yeah, there you go. By and large, this episode for me much better than the premiere, and I'll leave it at that. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, so we're talking Ant Man, we're talking Ant Man and the Wasp. So um, I didn't realize he did both of those movies. So that's that's interesting. Mm. Um, but okay, well, we've got ants, wasps, spiders now. This guy just has a thing for insects. I got it. That makes sense. Um, <clears throat> 
insects and apparently um, large versions of small animals, like the frog lady in here. So all I think of is Ant-Man and the Wasp. He had the giant ant who was sitting there playing uh, playing Guitar Hero or uh, band... Oh, man, what's it called now? Rock Band. Rock Band, it's been yeah. too long since I... Yeah, <laughs> on the drums. And it was like, okay. But um, anyway, aside from all that, there was definitely one part in this that I thought was... Um, I don't know. I mean, there's the fan service moment where it's like you've got the X-Wing show up. And I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, and then just like a few other things. Um, but, I mean, just to kind of get into the whole the whole point of it. I mean, right off the bat, they start with this, with, he's on the speeder, he's going through the desert. And this is a great opener for the episode. I really, I mean, this would be great for any episode at all. And it wouldn't have anything to do with anything else. It's just, oh, we happen to be on Tatooine. So I love that it wasn't related. It was just its own thing. Um, A cold open like that in a show doesn't always have to be related. And I think that's what's cool about shows nowadays. They have these unrelated cold opens. It's just like, here's a mini story you know, a tiny little mini story, and then he, and then you get to your actual story afterwards. Um, so, yeah, this starts off. You get a speeder ambush, and this guy after they get he gets knocked off the um, the speeder. Uh, there's these three bounty hunter type guys trying to steal Baby Yoda, right? Or oh, sorry, the child. Don't want to be throwing the name out there if it's not real, but um, I'm still gonna call him By. So. They get knocked over there, and there's this one little dude who looks so familiar. He had, a, like, a mask on with these big shoots for eyes, and I'm like, that looks so familiar. So I did, I, I looked around in different episodes, and I, you know, of the, of the movies and everything, trying to see, like, where I recognized him from, and at first I thought, oh, maybe he's the one who tried to steal BB-8 in the beginning of Force Awakens, and we're seeing him again, but no, again, Jakku is not Tatooine. I'm like, ah, oh, so I have no idea who that is. Maybe it just looks similar to other things, but I was really hoping that that was a tie-in to, like, a character we've seen, like, once before, some kind of drifter or bounty hunter, you know? But maybe it's the, anyway. maybe it's maybe it's the uh, the voice modulator in the mass is throwing you off because the first thing I thought about was uh, Leia and Jedi. Oh no 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 no, that's what I got. Yeah, no yeah very very different design. Um, you know I, I know what you're talking about though. Different design. It's interesting different des- different design. I'm talking about the voice specifically. Oh okay yeah yeah yeah, that makes sense. It's funny because in that book I was telling you about, um, well that loaned you the um. Shadows of the Empire, they show where Leia gets that costume, that that whole um, uniform there. It's pretty cool. Um, Anyway, so they did this one scene, and I called it. I called it. It was perfect. Um, Basically, it's like, trade the child's life for something. Please don't take the child. I'll give you anything I've got. And I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, he's going to lose some Beskar. Everybody wants the Beskar. Well, this little dude wanted the jetpack. And as soon as I as soon as I saw that, I'm just like, I know what's gonna happen. <laughs> and it was it was so even though it was like to me super obvious, it was so well delivered. The way that he's like, okay, go ahead, take the jetpack, and then he just like, I'm like, he's gonna just set off the jetpack, and the dude's gonna go flying. Sure enough, goes soaring up in the air. You see the body come down, the jetpack comes safely back to him. Like that's perfect. Yeah. And you know, and, and there's and there's Baby Yoda or duh, the sorry the child just sitting there just watching like oh. That's what we're doing. Okay. <laughs> Again, as you were saying before, it's just it's really cool to see their relationship kind of build where there's a you know level of understanding, learning, trust, you know, between the two of them. So, that was my thoughts on the intro and then you kind of get to okay, here we go. Here's the episode. Now what now what are we going to see, right? Um 
So his whole thing in the season right now, his whole mission is is to find a way to get the child back to his species. Which, I mean, all of us who are watching this show, we know that there's no there's never been any kind of telling of where Yoda came from. There's no no talk of what his species is even called. It's right. just this big mystery. And it's it's really cool that you know, we have something right now that's starting to finally get into that. You know, it's it's a very if you want to look at it at the show as the purpose as as that's the whole purpose. It's a really long drawn out way of doing it, but they're doing so much more with it that I'm not like really you're gonna stretch this out. Kind of like uh, remember when they did that Grinch movie with Jim Carrey? I'm like, how are you gonna stretch out a 15, 20 minute cartoon to an hour and you know an hour and a half movie? You know, the story is he goes down there, steals a bunch of presents, and then gets a heart. Now, that's the end. You know. And they stretched it out, and there's at times where you're watching, like, I don't think this needs to get this far. Like, just make it simple, make it small. But here, they're doing such a great job of of not making that the obvious point, you know? The show is called The Mandalorian, not The Child, you know? So that is the underlying main thing they're getting into, is we're finally going to see, or we're working up to see where Yoda came from and what this child is. Whether it's a clone of Yoda, whether it's uh, an offspring of Yoda, maybe, I I don't know, or just not related at all, but somehow, hey, this is going to open up a whole new world of Yoda-ins. Anyway. I I guess so. Um, I will agree with you on that, though. It's not... The ending... It's so it's weird because this is the kind of show where the ending is not important. I mean, I think we can all safely assume that the ending is going to be somewhere along the lines of the Mandalorian gets the child home or back to its species. That's not important here. So it it almost doesn't even matter. What matters is the little stories that are happening in between and just right. the journey that we're going on to get there. So yeah, I I agree with you there. It doesn't have to be that. Yeah, it's it's not the main purpose, but that's that is the underlying story that's that's like really getting the fans excited. Like we're finally going to get to see this, but we're totally captivated by this Mandalorian story. Like what right. is he learning? Where is he going with it? What happens when he meets some new Mandalorians again? I mean, it, it's it stinks cuz he like all those Mandalorians showed up to like help him out and then suddenly they're all gone again. And it's like, "Oh, well that stinks." <laughs> you know. But hey, whatever. It is what it is. Um, we get back to, uh, oh, geez, what's her name? I don't, I keep forgetting her name. Uh, Pelimoto there, the, uh, the, the garage attendant, the mechanic. And she's playing Sabak with, you know, Dr. Mandible. <laughs> I'm wondering, I'm like, was the character's really named Dr. Mandible? Like, was that the real name of the character? Or was she just being, you know, Pelly? Like, was she just being herself? I don't know, but I laughed. herself there. <laughs> Dr. Mandible over here. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, but they're playing Sabak, um, and basically the thing comes down to is I can get some information. You know, this person's got information. We can find out where some more Mandalorians are. Which, I mean, here we go. This is the theme of this season. Where are the Mandalorians? Okay. Right. Um, so go further in there, and it all kind of comes down to, you know, this frog lady has some more information. Her husband is over on Trask, um, you know, which I guess is the safest place for them to raise their offspring. I guess they're the last of their kind, these frog lady, these frog people. So the whole point is that, like, hey, um, my husband knows where, the, where a Mandalorian is. Um, get me over there safely, and um, we, we can get the information you need. Um, but the trick is no light speed, so you can't get there quickly. It's going to be um, a, tr- a challenge, but no light speed because I'm carrying 
my eggs that need to be fertilized. All right, two things Two things before we move any further. One, I absolutely love that she's credited as Frog Lady. Oh, yeah, just Frog Lady. Just just Frog <laughs> Lady. No name, no, yep. na- just Frog Lady. And the second yep. point that I wanted to make is, and I'm, I'm blanking right now, I really hope that this doesn't turn into, hey, you want some Mandalorian? <laughs> I know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy. Right, and that's what it seems like so far. That's what I'm it really seems like so far. Yeah. Even 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 a little bit in the last season, it was you're getting from point A to point B, but you got to know a guy that knows a guy to get from point A to point B, and it just seems, to me, it seems unnecessary. And that's the second point that I wanted to make and how bipolar this series is feeling to me so far. I'm not mm-hmm. hating on mm-hmm. it. I'm not knocking it. It's just it's a little thing that I'm starting to notice, and... Like you mentioned about, you know, dragging this out for as long as you can. Are they? I mean, is that something that needs to be considered at this point? I, I think I think that if the if the episodes were stinkers, like if there were some real stinker episodes, which so far um, I haven't seen a single one that's a stinker episode. There really has filler. Been. There really has. You know, I I think if there was, then I'd be like, okay, I'd be on that that horse right there, saying, or you know, on that, basically saying, yes, there's a bunch of filler episodes to get to the point. They're I'm not, not doing that. I mean, even I'll even say it as much as I love the MCU and what they've done, they've had a few filler movies just to hurry up and get to the point so they can get to Avenger the Avengers movies. You know, they did it. I'm not. I'm and it not. Stinks. I'm not on the horse either, but I'm definitely looking at it. I will oh, yeah. say that. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it because I'm kind of expecting it to eventually happen. Okay. But, okay. you know, but but I'm I'm also, re- like, thoroughly enjoying it. So, okay. you know, there, there has to be a point here where we're not just gushing about things, but we're saying, you know what, I'm still skeptical because, I mean, history proves again and again that sometimes you just kind of say, uh, let's just make this up and throw it in there. Oh, yeah, that, that's okay. That won't throw us off the, you know, the main plot. So. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. Another reason, and this is this is a different conversation for a different day that hopefully you and I will be able to have soon. I'm not going to put the blinders on because at the end of the day, this is Disney and this is a cash cow. So I'm not. That's, oh, that's yeah. another reason why I'm very skeptical right now because I mean we're talking about it. It if it looks like a cow. Well, no, I'm sorry. If it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a duck. And right now it's kind of starting to look like a little bit of a duck to me. So I'm yeah. definitely starting to look at it with a side eye. Just, I'm yeah. just well, when it starts When there. it starts walking like a mouse and sounding like a mouse, then... <laughs> 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 I mean, unless we're talking duck. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Um, but, yeah. No, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see how this goes. Um Honestly, it's it's good fun, you know. I, I just think we're I, I think we're still in for a, good, a treat here. Oh, so, so do I. Um, so we got the the crate dragon meat that we got brought over. I like how everything's tied in. It's not like let's just forget about the last episode and mention it briefly. You know, it's it's all connected. This is one big full story. So you know, there's that 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 line in there. Where he's like, oh. What'd you have to do to get that? Oh, I I man, I killed a crate dragon. Oh, is that all? <laughs> like, <laughs> even though she was like, even though she was impressed, she was still being a jerk about it. Like, oh, is that all? Okay, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you better brought some meat back. <laughs> and uh, so then I thought it was great that they were cooking the dragon meat with an engine. <laughs> of course. <laughs> like, <laughs> How else are you supposed to cook spit. it? I know, I know. How else? But I just, I'm happy they showed it. You know. Yeah. 
I mean, the only cooking we've really seen is whatever Aunt Beru was doing, you know, after getting the blue milk out there, and Yoda cooking stew in a pot. So it was just nice to see that. Or, I mean, unless you count the, uh, you know, the quarter portions. You know, you put water on it, and the thing just kind of bloats up to a biscuit. Um, but here, you know, it, it was just interesting just to kind of see how they do it. Oh, well, I guess there's a lot of things there. You know, we never saw where the milk came from, and you got Luke over there squeezing the teat of a big weird dragon getting green milk. That was... I don't know. That was... <laughs> dragon, or whatever you would call it. It looked like a... Um, some, was, some kind of dinosaur. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I still can't get over his face that, ah, Mentos, I know. the fresh maker. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, Luke. Anyway. So Yoda, what have we learned about, okay, sorry, not Yoda, the child. What have we learned about the child? He likes to annoy people. He likes to eat things. Somebody give this thing a sandwich. That's what I want to... They should have called this episode, Somebody Give Him a Sandwich. Because he spends the entire episode obsessing over these eggs that are being carried by the frog lady. Yeah. And it's just really funny. Um, You know, you get to a point there where you're you're sitting there going, oh, come on, don't do that. Like, do you realize what's going on? Like, this is the end of a species, and you're just, okay, like... Uh, <laughs> I love I love Mando's response. Like, what are you doing? No, cut it out. It's like, how many of those did he eat at that point? Maybe, so, m- maybe, maybe the child's thinking was they'll be warmer in my belly. Oh, of course. No, I don't think that's it. <laughs> I don't think that's it. This kid, after seeing the button pressing from the first season. <laughs> like, <laughs> Here, you you take the knob and play with this. You know, like I no no this this uh, somebody somebody get him a sandwich. That's all I can say about that. But um, gets in there. I, I thought it was cool when he's trying to talk to the frog lady. And you know, we've seen a lot of him communicating with different species and everything. But here's an opportunity for us to see him not knowing how to communicate. Right? Like he's like I you don't know what I'm saying. Uh, do you speak uh, Hatties? And he starts speaking. You know, like the huts which I thought was interesting. And it's like, why would you guess Hatties? Eh, fan service. Okay. But I, well, I, I don't know. I, I might... Okay. That actually makes sense. You're okay. on a planet that was controlled by um, the Huts. True. So true. Why, okay, that does wouldn't make sense. That, why, why wouldn't that be the prominent language? I get it. I get it. I mean, okay. It's just, it's, I think it's funny how we watch all these movies and everything, and everybody seems to, like, for the most part, all the people who are important, they all speak basic, which is what they call English. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it's funny when you, you don't hear them say it. I don't think they've said it in The Mandalorian yet, and I'm kind of hoping they would. I know they have in the books. It's like, oh, do you speak, can you speak basic, you know? Um, it's like, that's interesting, just call it basic. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Um but yeah, I, I thought that was a cool thing, and they're throwing in the Hutties, and he's just like talking really bad Hut like Hutties, um, and it just wasn't doing it. Um, but you know, we get down to a point where we've got these X-wings show up, and ooh, we're giddy. We see an X-wing again. I mean, we, we've seen X-wings already in this series, haven't we? Yeah, a few times. I thought. Uh, yeah, um, this is where the episode did change a little bit for me, and I started to enjoy it a little bit more. Right. And right. I and I realize I am going to contradict what I said earlier, but 
It's it's <laughs> it's subtle. It's the or, it's the orchestral change. Mm. It mm-hmm. the tone of the of the score in this episode changes around this point where Ludwig Ludwig I'm blanking on his last name. Do you know it? Uh, he does. He he's no. doing the music for the entire series. Anyways, he okay. t- he taps into some serious John Williams vibes at this point on until the rest for the rest of the episode, and that I like that. I like that little touch. Yeah, Ludwig uh, Gorenson. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, it was, just, it was cool. You know, the, I, they definitely had that switch at that point. You know, I, I thought it was interesting just to get to you know you get that new feel where it's like okay, he's caught. He's trying to play it cool. Um, he's not a bad guy, but he's not really a good guy. <laughs> and here's where you kind of see him, you know, he's he's next to good guys, or at least in our eyes, good guys. And uh, he's like, hmm, well, I don't want to cause any problems. And it was really just like, you know, two cops pulling up and saying, hey. I mean, I, I liked it in this universe. It's, it's interesting. You don't actually get pulled over. They just talk to you on your transponder. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, hey. <laughs> Uh, how's everything going? Uh, pretty good. Thanks. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> you know? Um, by the way, I, I love that that whole conversation that Han Solo has on the, on the, um, little two way there is, is just ad-libbed. <laughs> yeah. He just made that up. <laughs> but anyway. So I'm wondering, yeah, so the- I'm wondering if we're going to get to a point in the show and if it is referenced in any of the books you read, please enlighten me. If we're going to get to a point in the show where it's explained a little bit more of what exactly the Republic became after the Empire fell. Yeah. Because why would, if you're, I mean, if you're, you know, just a everyday guy living your life, or if you're a Mandalorian and you're not doing anything fishy, why would you be skeptical about just being honest in the situation? It seems like something a little bit deeper is going on here that either we don't know yet or, you know, hasn't been explained thoroughly. It's just one of the, it's just a little, it's just a little thing, like a little acorn that was planted right there for me. And I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm definitely Yeah, I I think they've been, I I think they've been touching upon that and, you know, and everything that we've been going through, especially when you get that Werner Hertzberger, what, oh, Jesus name. Um, When we see those, the, the Imperial loyalists, in the first season, you know, there's the whole point is like there are st- still some people who are loyal to the Empire, you know, and they're they're pushing to do some other stuff. And then, you know, we know of eventually we get a new republic, you know, which is, you know, forged out of I, know, I guess we'll see. So it, it's it's interesting. There's a lot of political stuff going on in the background that we're not fully understanding of right now because it's in between these uh, regimes or whatever you want to call them, you know? Right. So well, you it's, kind of, it's, it's, yeah, you kind of expect that from the empire. Like you expect there to be empire loyalists who just refuse to believe or, or refuse to move on. Kind of like, um, I'm, I apologize if I offend anybody kind of like, you know, back in world war two, there were Japanese loyalists who just refused to believe that world war two was ended and they hid out in caves for like 20 years. It's ridiculous. Mm. I, I would mm. assume that, you know, you're going to find that here. It's just, it's weird that in our eyes, because we've been through the Star Wars saga, the Republic, these are the good guys. So, right. There's, it's just, I don't know if I'm giving the show too much credit. It just seems like there's something a little bit more going on. Like it turned into something that wasn't originally intended. Totally. 
So yeah, yeah. I I think I think we'll we'll definitely get more into it as we go. Uh, I think that's the whole thing. Is like there's a lot of things that are unfolding. I mean, we we have an idea. I, I think we have enough of an idea of of Din's background, um, which which is good. I I think, you know, they they kind of got into it enough. We're gonna get more as it goes on, but I think we have enough of a background that he was, you know, caught in a war and the Mandalorians took him in and he's and he you know adopted their ways. You know, right. that's a pretty decent enough background story, or you know, that we need for him. You know, now we're trying to focus more on the child, you know, find the other Mandalorian so we can find that out. Um, but, of course, all this stuff is happening. So we're, we're going to get a lot more explanation as it goes on. That's the whole point of, of you know, the shows is just to kind of give you a lot more of a background so you get it. Um, but, yeah. So we, we get these, these X-Wings, and I, I thought one really cool scene is basically they're asking for him to, like, send them a ping, you know, which is, like, you know, just to say, hey, you know, this little, I've got this thing that shows that I'm on your side. It's, like, the secret message ping, whatever, you know, like the secret handshake. Okay, we're cool. You know, see you later. Um, but it was, like, they were ready to let him go. It's, like, one more thing, by the way. Can you send us a ping? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Uh, <laughs> and then he's just, like, peace but it was funny because before he even said peace like hey uh you know whatever to his, his partner there can you switch over to channel two and you're just sitting there like hmm what are the cops thinking and it's just like any other scene where you know the cops they're driving behind you or they're near you and then their lights aren't on and then suddenly both of these x-wings go into attack mode and you're like oh you see that the wings on one of them just go yeah. into the x and then you look to the next side, and that one goes into the exit. It's like, okay, that's basically like they're putting on their sirens. Like, okay, they're about to take me in. You know, and he's just like, nope. <laughs> and then takes off. We have this big chase scene through um, another ice planet. Um, and this is where I kind of got a little disappointed. Call me a fanboy, but we'll, we'll talk more about that. You know, big chase scene. They go through it. Um, rough landing. And, you know hides in this, like, cave area kind of covered and then falls through and goes into his own little ice cave. Okay. I was kind of hoping it was Hoth. Hmm. And for a specific reason, which I'll get to. Um, so they're cold. Did you, you want to see a snowman? <sighs> oh, my <Yes>. God. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'll get there. So... <laughs> They get in there, and he finally has to have gets to have a conversation, which I was a little disappointed, especially with the way they said previously on the Mandalorian, and they showed um, that image of that uh, that droid that was with that crew. I keep saying that droid with that crew. I, I don't remember everything from season one right in front of me, but um, basically, um, that droid that was that turned against them and was on the ship trying to go after Baby Yoda. They got shot, and then you know he's just sitting there in pieces on on the. Um, the razor crest. So she used his um, vocabulator, as they put it, <laughs> um, basically the vocal processor, in, in order for her to speak so he could understand. She's like, well, I need you to take me there because here's the situation, here's the reason. And that's when you get the whole explanation about the, you know, the, the father's over there and they have this whole, you know, plan to basically save the species. You have to help me. You have to. It's like, I, I got to do what I got to do right now. Right now, I'm just trying to get out of this situation. We're frozen. We're stuck underground. I have to repair the ship and try to get away, get out of here. Um, let's go take a nap. Next thing you know, where's the frog lady? <sighs> well, 
<laughs> okay, great. <laughs> She's hanging out in the hot springs. She's yep. hanging out taking a dip in the jacuzzi. And as that's going on, I'm like, okay, makes sense. Warm up the eggs. Keep the eggs warm. You have to do that. Okay, all right. But he's just like, you don't even know where we are. We're stuck in a cave somewhere. We can't be hanging out here. We need to get back. And hungry little child, there he goes again. He starts walking around sees all these eggs. Now, this, to me, and I think this is what I, what made me feel, like, I, I think now after watching it twice, I'm kind of at a toss-up for how I feel about it. I would have loved it if they stumbled upon baby wampas. <laughs> And then the mommy wampas came out. Like, the the wampa family came out. That would have been really cool if it was Hoth, and they were chased by wampas. It wouldn't have been... Like, after seeing them go all, you know, lost in space on everything with the, the spiders, okay, that wasn't bad. But it was basically like watching Lost in Space again. You know, the movie yeah. Lost in Space. The one with Matt LeBlanc and everybody. Um... But yeah, I, I was just, I was, I thought that was a missed opportunity, you know? Of course. Ice of spiders, course okay. Okay, I mean, great. You know, let's bring in some new, some new characters, some new species, whatever, is some big ice spiders. I was even hoping that it was the same type of spider type creature that they fought in Attack of the Clones when they were in that, um, when they were like in the Coliseum there, whatever. Yeah. Like, I was kind of hoping it was something like that. Like, ooh, you know, a tie-back to the creature we've seen before. No, it, they just created a new one. I have no Maybe problem I've, with them creating new ones. I would actually I, prefer... I know, but... I would actually prefer that the show create new species and characters and creatures that we haven't seen before. They, I, I, I agree, but I still feel like they're missing a lot of opportunity to tie back in. Still. Of course. Like, of course. Okay. You can. Like, you can have a balance to it. And and from what I read before is that they were really trying to bring in a lot more ties to the originals in this new season. And so maybe it's just because I heard that and I'm kind of excited for it and I'm not seeing it that kind of drug me down a little bit. But And maybe that's why I like the first episode so much because it's, it's what, I, what I expected and what I hoped for, you right. know? So this one was it was just it was a little bit of a letdown mainly because you're on an ice planet. I would love to see wampas. There are no wampas. We've so not seen to... enough wampas in in, a, in anything theatrical before. We've only like we've seen it in video games, you know, we've read it in books, but it hasn't they they haven't had enough screen time. And that's why I'm like, "Ugh, come on. You're on a planet looks like Hoth. Just make it Hoth." <laughs> Yeah, I, I really didn't have a problem there. I had a different problem here when um, Frog Lady, fro literally Frog Lady, is in the hot mm -hmm. springs. She's, it's a character issue with me. She's so mm -hmm. protective over her eggs, but she's not keeping count. Like, she doesn't notice that three or four of them are missing already and that this child is eating them. I thought there was a point where she did recognize that and she kept on saying stuff in her own language and nobody knew but they never got around to, you know, once they could speak to each other, her asking again. That was you know? never, I never, I never got, I mean, if you did and I'm missing it, cool. But I never, I never saw that. I feel like it was when, when they were like getting ready to get cozy and, you know, get some sleep. I thought that's when she was like looking at it and she was saying like, hey, you know, where are my eggs? And he was just like, uh, you know, like avoiding it and just moving on to, we need to take care of ourselves. We need to get out of here. You know, we need to warm up and take a nap or whatever. Um, 
I thought that was something that was brought up, but yes, I agree with you. At that point, these eggs are floating around, and you don't see her, like, you know, with her finger, like, counting them, and then being like, huh? You know, yeah, that is, or that even is like, definitely very strange. Or even, like, her standing up in the hot spring and just, like, frantically looking around in the water, like, one, like something, anything here. Like, she doesn't necessarily have to be counting on her frog fingers. She could just, right, like, right, right, right. be fran- a little bit more frantic about it and look around, like... To let the audience know that she realizes some of them are gone. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> that bothered me. That that bothered it, it, me. It was, it was definitely bothersome. I was, I was be- disapp- it, it seemed strange. <laughs> other than that, I was fully on board with, with her and how protective she was and how determined she was to get to where she was going. She even, you know, she, she had the wherewithal to hack into this, this droid and, and, and use its voice modulator to communicate, which I thought was really, really clever. But then mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, how responsible are you really if you can't even keep track of your, essentially your children? Like, so my thoughts, uh, right. my thoughts at the end of the second viewing is... I, I kind of thought that she just recognized, like, if she did realize it, she thought of it as collateral damage. It's like, hey, I'm lucky if I could even get where I'm trying to get to. If I lose a couple, it's like, well, well then, whatever, that's the cost, that's the price I have to pay. Maybe I'm going too far into it, but it was kind of like a quick mindset that I was like, okay, maybe that's what's going on. And that's why I kind of no, think past it and just I don't, I don't it. See, that's the thing. I don't think you are going too far into it. I think it wasn't there and for me, a show that has been so far paid incredibly close t- attention to detail for it not to be super obvious or for it not to be a, a, a plot point in this episode, to me, that's disappointing. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, all. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So, uh, shall we move on to the... Uh, yes. Well, the I want to say, just while we're, <laughs> while we're talking about while we're talking about this... Um, I want to just say again how happy I am at their use of practical and computer effects. Um, okay. The frog lady is using practical effects. It's a it's yes. a puppet. It's it's like and I love that. But you know certain things that they added onto there. Like okay, you can watch uh, which one was it that they were totally ripping on? Was it was it uh, Age of Ultron? And the Iron Man suit, like, the entire time was this horribly-looking, like, horrible CG, like, mess. Yeah. It, just, it looked horrible, you know? It was, and t- then, it was pretty bad. I remember that. It, it was but, pretty bad. It, but there are definitely scenes where it's like, oh, that looks pretty good, you know? There's, there's a ton, and, and it's it's sad, because I thought the MCU did so well with so many other things. Why did they have to CG everything? Couldn't they have, like, a wearable suit for certain scenes, you know, when they're just doing a dramatic scene? Anyway, th- they did, but it just not to that degree. Okay, right. I get it. But here, I, I have to say, like, they're really doing a great job of mixing practical and, and computer uh, effects. Um, and I'm going to disagree here. You're going to disagree? Okay. I'm going to disagree here, if only with one scene. And it's just me. This is not... Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just me. It's me and my, my quirks and my hang-ups. Mm-hmm. There was a scene where... Where the child is, he stumbles across the spider eggs. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Okay. And he (laughs) eats one, he eats one, and then everything starts hatching and everything starts going haywire and chaos is about to ensue. And he waddles down this little snow cliff. And it's the most ridiculous thing that I've seen in the show so far. Right. I did see him waddling down just, you know, a few minutes before we spoke. We started speaking. I watched that. I'm kind of like, ooh. 
They haven't done that like that before. That didn't look like, right. It it looked like a penguin was wearing a Yoda suit. It it what it looked like. It looked like um, you remember the the snowman from Rudolph. The way he walked around, he just kind of glided. Yes, <laughs> he glided around on his on his big <laughs> snowball butt. Yeah, that's what he. Yeah. That's what it looked like. <laughs> it was just. It was. It was just Burl Ives dressed up as a, as, very, a, as a little Yoda creature. It was a very <laughs> odd thing to see. Not good. Yeah. Not bad. Just odd. Like it took me out of everything yeah. that was going on in that moment. It was. It was just right. a jarring like disconnect. Just a little bit. But yeah, then I think when I first that, watched it, I was more disappointed that they, you know they were spider eggs, and I'm like ah. <laughs> oh. So I just like I looked away, probably in disgust. <laughs> I was like ah. Oh. So I missed it, but I saw it again the second time. I'm like oh yeah, that's kind of weird. I'm like well, I can forgive it. It's super quick. You know, yeah. I think when we when we look at it for details like that, and we're looking like oh, we gotta find something. It's very easy for us to find like oh, that doesn't look good. You know because. That's what we're here for. I mean, we're here to critique things, right? <laughs> Not that we can do only, much better, but it's just it's fun to talk about it. We enjoy what only, we like to enjoy. And I'm only bringing it up again because when you have a television show where things are so well done mm. and something kind of falls off the cliff a little bit, it's very very noticeable. Right. Right. That's so and I'm I'm not yeah. going to I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to bring all those little things up. I, I, don't, I don't care if I get a little bit of hate for it. Fine. Hate me. No. I'm going to bring all those little things up because aside from tidbits here or there, the show is excellent. So yeah. that's, that, that, yeah, that is agree. what it is. But let's get into these spiders. So, because, well, we got the spiders there. They're coming out. And, well, it's just funny because you walk over there. I'm like, eggs. I'm like, we're going to go all, you know, alien on this. I know you can't talk much about that because <laughs> we know about something else you haven't finished. Um, but, yeah, I'm like, these eggs are going to open up and whatever. So he goes ahead and opens up this egg and starts eating this creature inside. And then it's eating everything around here. Again, give this kid a sandwich. So, it was whatever. So cool. It was they, so awesome. <laughs> they start freaking out around him, and they're all coming out. And Frog Lady over here, you know, again, this is where, what kind of made me think. I'm like, you know what? I really like the way they're doing this. She throws out her tongue and grabs her bag with her tongue, which was mm-hmm. a computer effect on a practical effect. And it looked really, really good. Was it her bag? It, did, or it was didn't it her look robe? like Jar Jar Binks or anything else goofy we've seen in the prequels. It was well done, it was slight. It was there because it was just like, just to throw in there, like, oh, just in case you forgot, she's a frog, <laughs> you know? But yeah, I, I thought it was, I thought it was cool. It was quick and it was well done because it didn't look stupid. No, it didn't. But that's just, that's just say, a quick little thing about it. You say she used her tongue to grab her bag. I thought she grabbed her robe. Oh, robe. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Or it her was. clothing or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what it was. It was, it was something okay. balled up. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I thought that was good. They run out there. They go through their whole lost in space, running away from the spider, shoot the spider, blow up the spider. Big spider. Okay, big spider. And I don't know what it is. What at what era of sci-fi movie making did the mouths of the creatures become big sphincters with teeth? Hmm. Have you noticed that? Like, that's just like the new thing for the past, I want to say like 10, maybe 15 years is the creatures now, they have these circular, sphincteral mouths. So I'm Usually sure with multiple happened, layers of teeth, of teeth. I'm sure it happened before this. I'm sure there is some oh, kind wait. of sci-fi in the 80s or in the 90s, and I'm sure it happened before the movie I'm about to reference. But the mm-hmm. first time I remember seeing it was the ending of Dead Man's Chest. 
Oh, okay, yeah. Um, okay. Where the kraken comes out of the water. When the kraken the comes out, girl. yeah. It yeah, opens its, its mouth. It's, and it's definitely it's been done way before that. Yeah, that's what I thought too. I just, I if it has been done before that, I don't know about it. Yeah, but that's just—it's just the weird thing. I've just been noticing like that is just the new thing now. Mm-hmm. You know, although we did see like you know sphinctral, tri- uh, sphinctral, such a weird word, uh, type mouths at those. Um, oh man, what did they call them? I forgot what they called them. The things that were inside um, the creature and em- Empire Strikes Back. Remember, they thought they were in a cave. This is no cave. Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. Those things. They they did have like you know sphincter mouths. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that were like okay, ah! so, sucking on the on the. So yeah. empire. We yeah. saw it there, but I but I feel like. I I feel like nowadays it's these big like full of teeth sphincteral. <laughs> I mean, if you want to go back into it, you got Sarlacc pit that also had teeth all the way around it. But yeah, you know, the way okay, they're doing yeah, it now, right. right now, it's they've been doing it a lot. I just feel like it's really been hy- like not hyped up but used a lot. In sci-fi nowadays, I was more cool. The only reason why I mentioned Dead Man's Chest is because the way that you said it, you made it sound like, oh, it's going way over the top from what it was back in the eighties in Jedi Empire. Right, Uh, right. When you have layer upon layer upon layer of teeth, okay, (laughs) it's getting weird. How many mouths, sphincter mouths, does this thing have? It looks cool. I'm gonna. It looks cool. I think it looks cool. I just, I, I want to see some originality, <laughs> you know, it's just, people are freaked out by spiders and big round teeth, you know, toothful mouths. I'm just tired of it, you know, and it's not because I don't like spiders and I have a, I have a reason for having a fear of spiders and it's that's because why I, I was... wanted to get, I, I, that's why I wanted to get into the spiders thing because I know you have a fear of spiders. So I was like, oh God, Lee's going to hate this. It's, it's not so much a fear. It's a, it's an awareness <laughs> okay. Oh, dude, dude, I was bitten by a brown recluse, and I and I had to spend a few days in the hospital. You know that? I, whatever. It freaked me out. I had like blood poisoning, like lines going up my arm towards my heart. That's enough to give somebody a rational fear of something. So whatever. You know, <laughs> dude, you're not you're, you're not alone. If this was like a giant bee, I probably wouldn't have watched this episode because I have an irrational fear of bees. <laughs> An irrational fear of bees. Okay. I have an irrational fear of bees. No, I. If I see a bee, I will run like a child. Yeah. So, Imagine if scorpions yeah. had wings. That'd be fun. That'd be <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so we get out there. They run back to the ship. Okay, we're gonna get out of here. And then here comes Big Mama again. And then that's when you realize. Wow, that is a big spider. Like, it was that bigger than the ship. Spider. Yeah, it was massive. <laughs> it jumps on the ship, and I'm like, or it was probably the same size as the, of the, as the ship, if not bigger. So, so it was and so, jumps it, on it. It was so big that I did ask myself briefly, how is it not caving through this thin layer of ice that it's standing on top of? Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like, when it's crawling mm. and it's overhead, you can clearly yeah. see it through a really thin layer of ice and I'm just like how is it not crashing through what is going on but as soon as I started thinking that that's when it started to like bust through and everything around it started Mm. to break so I was like okay I forgive it because it did exactly what I was thinking bravo yeah yeah well so funny thing is I watched this episode with Chuck um for those of you who remember our very first episode we talked about the Mandalorian Chuck was what was our our guest speaker um and uh yeah he didn't in fact lose his tongue in the Battle of Jakku, or at Jakku. But anyway, 
yeah, moving on. Chuck and I were watching it, and I remember saying, I'm like, he throws this, like, grenade thing up there at it, and I'm just like, you're just going to let it in? <laughs> like, I don't see how that little explosion is, is gonna gonna take it out. If anything, it's just it's bringing it in closer to you. So, um, and then I saw it come down. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Well, maybe that did it. No, we didn't see it actually. Like kaboom! So obviously, it's gonna come back. We're not done yet. We're not quite done. You know, there was gonna be some kind of like you know grabbing the back of him or something, or someone's leg gets grabbed or the ship gets grabbed. Well, that's what happened. Jumped on the thing and took it down. Started putting holes in the cockpit, and I'm like. How are you going to fly now if you have holes in your glass? Yeah. Yeah. It, it freaked me out because I was like, okay, so what are they going to do? You know, he does save. And he's like, oh, we're going to fix these holes and we'll get it so we can limp to the next area. Okay. And I'm thinking, I'm like, what type of material is he going exactly. to use to fix that? And I saw him, I, like, welding stuff. And I'm like, what are you welding on glass? <laughs> this this thing. I, I don't know what you're doing. This is... I did not like this. Yeah. I'm going to be very honest. I did not like the way that this came to a conclusion because mm. there are holes that the, the back door is like wide open. And when he said limp to the next day, he's literally limping this thing to the next station. Right. This defies all laws of physics. Like this thing should not fly. <laughs> <laughs> this should, there's no way this thing would make it out of any kind of atmosphere. Like we are, we are stretching sci-fi to a new level where it's just like, if it's broken, hey, it can fix. And when I saw this, I'm way off here, but when I saw this, all I think was this is about as ridiculous as Leia and her Mary Poppins moment. Like, this should not be happening right now. There's no way. No, I don't buy this for a minute. No. No. We don't we don't talk about the Mary Poppins moment. <laughs> I just did. No. <laughs> I just we did don't talk and I'm about and I'm glad I did it. No. This was ridiculous. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. It was it was it was ridiculous and he he made the explanation like, "Okay, well the safest the only place right now that I can keep pressure is the cockpit." Fine. Yeah, we have to get out of everything else. I'm like, "Yeah, but the cockpit is what has the holes in the in the windshield." <laughs> <laughs> How, what are you doing? <laughs> hey, whatever. I mean, hey, they had like they had like crazy weird shields that existed where you just pressed a button and it was an energy shield, you know, kind of like what they, they had around um, uh, Wakanda, you know, like that. And it's like, okay, well, that makes sense, I, I yeah, guess. It, so okay, if you had something we, like that. We've seen, we've seen similar situations where you get these epic space battles, and it's happened mm -hmm. in almost every Star Wars movie. You get an mm -hmm. epic space battle, and one of the giant ships gets hit by something, and there is a small, like, miniature ship-sized hole, and the whole ship just kind of goes down to whatever planet it's around, and it blows up. Like, we've seen that plenty of times. We've yeah. never seen even even in Sith, right? The ship mm -hmm. splits in two in space and immediately, okay, we're going down because we're broken. This right. thing is broken, but it's fine. Like, oh, no, right. we're leaving. Mm -hmm. No, I, I know it didn't make sense to me, but okay. Hey, that's what happened, and that's why I was like, I was kind of you know appreciating the mo the moment where so he's out there like, what kills a spider? Oh. Hey, it's the two guys in the X-wing. Like, we found you, dude. <laughs> you yeah. In this hole. <laughs> yeah. Like, we, we we found this razor crest shaped hole, and you just happen to be sitting in it. <laughs> hey, and so they they had this whole thing. It's like, oh, you have an arrest warrant. Um, 
for, you know, prisoner X6911, which, is that the child? I, I, I assume. Well, um, they do. I don't remember the numbers, but I do remember saying, I heard them say you have an arrest warrant for prison or whatever. Oh, no, I no, no, no. You know what that is? It's probably it's probably those ones that the one he was trying they were trying to break out of the prison in that episode right. we were talking about. That's what Maybe I was that's thinking what it is. too, because that makes the sense. child okay. the child is not a prisoner. Right, right. That's what it is. It's that was the bounty. But okay, that makes total sense. But then he was like, but it also your ship records also show that you did this, you did that. Yeah, you didn't. You know, you put your life on the line for you know a uh, general, and it's like okay, so yeah, you're it a was hero, interesting. Dude. Yeah, they're like, yeah, you did these things. He's like, you know, we. Sh-, he's like, so am I arrested or what? And they're like, you should be, but you know, whatever. He's like, okay, well, how about this? Can you help me get my ship out of here? And they're like, uh, no. <laughs> how about you just, you know, basically help yourself, fix your transponder, and, you and know, they get out of here. So they're like, peace. And I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm like, well, that stinks. Like, is this going to end the episode here where he's stranded? No, they're going to do what we were just talking about, which is that would have been better. Some- he should have been stranded. Yeah. I know. That and then they could have so had a whole episode better. of him trying to find a way to get that up and running again. And that's when you see the Wampas. Ah, come on. See? Whatever. <laughs> that's my point. And I think th- that's why I'm saying this episode was definitely not my favorite because there were a ton of little things in there that made me go, ah, you know, ah, missed opportunity. Ah, you know. So that's my point. Um, but... I like how they did it. I like that. I like that they had that back and forth conversation, you know, between uh, the two uh, starfighters there or whatever, and mm-hmm. him. Um, but whatever. I, I thought there were definitely there was definitely some opportunity there where he should have just been stuck there. It's like okay, here's another episode, and it starts off with him trying to get some stuff together, finding a way off, whatever. That would have made more sense. But they they made it way too easy. Here he is limping away again, ending another episode of him flying off into space again. Okay, whatever. But, you know, fix your transponder, get out of here. It's, it basically, again, it goes back to the cops. It's like, hey, you did this, fix your taillight and get out of here. You know, like, Pretty much. <laughs> whatever. So then we, get, we all get settled. We're ready to fly off there, and you see the frog lady. And this is what made me think that she knew the eggs were missing. She, at this point, she's not just, like, leaving the thing sitting there. She grabs it, and she, like, looks around at, the, at both of them and wraps her arms around it while she sleeps. Right. You know, and then, you know, baby Yoda looks back away. This like, hmm, like, well, whatever. And then you see this <laughs> sneaky little dude just pull out an egg and shove it in his mouth. Again, the episode is chapter 10. Give the little guy a sandwich. <laughs> so, yeah. Overall, do I think the episode was horrible? No. Do no. I think it, it definitely had a lot of opportunities that were missed? Yes. That's that's how I feel about it. That's you again, and, and it's 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 not it's it's not any um, anything against anybody specifically. I just think there were just there were tiny little details that you just, you and I discussed that if they were just done a little bit differently, could have made this a lot better. You know, little little CG, you know, child running down down the snow. Um, you know, some kind of explanation for how they actually fixed the ship enough to make it fly after it had, like, all of these gigantic holes put into it. You know, those are big deals, you know, That's but they big, could yeah. have been fixed with something really quick. Just like yeah. I said before, you know, when we talk about Wolverine, like, quick little line, good thing I got my adamantium back, because he shouldn't have had adamantium claws after he lost them. 
<laughs> oh my god. And he had bone claws again. Uh, yeah. After the Wolverine. Anyway, yeah. So my thoughts are could have been better, um, but not bad. No, I, I, I agree with you. It could have been better, but then again, everything could be better in hindsight. This is true. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'll repeat. I like this episode a lot more than I like last week's episode. I want more of this, and I'm different from you. I want new species. I want new characters. I don't want fan service. I don't want them to just. I don't want this show to have to rely on the lore of Star Wars alone in order to be successful and or entertaining. Right. I want it to be its own thing. And if it's going to be its own thing, it has to, you know, create an entity within itself. That's my whole mm-hmm. thing. You don't I agree with you. I, I'm I'm sorry, but you don't need Wampas. You it's just that would have been need that would have been overkill. I I need Wampas. You say I want you say, I want Wampas. Okay, fine. You want Wampas. I'm saying I don't think you need them. And I'll say something else. You, When you were talking about that, you said that, oh, you read an interview or you saw something that suggested that this was going to, you know, do a lot of going back and a lot of rehashing the past. And well, it hasn't done that. More tying in, yeah. Okay, fine. More tying in. What more tying in do you want than there literally being a Yoda species or... There being, you know, these these amazing cantina scenes where you just know that any minute something's going to go wrong or being on Tatooine. And a couple of times now that they've been on Tatooine, you get the shot of the moons like last week you got, you know, the Tusken Raiders and, and that whole thing. Like exactly what more do you want? Do you want a every episode to be like, hey, remember this? There's nothing no, wrong. Of not. There's nothing wrong. No, there's nothing wrong with you if you want that. I'm just curious because to me, right, no, that's why I'm, been... I'm just saying. I think there needs to be a balance. I'd love. I love to see new things introduced. I'm all about new things being introduced, but I'm also about seeing new things introduced. You know, in conjunction with like old things as well. You know, so it's like, oh, here's a such and such, which has some connection to something we already know. You know, so do some, you want some more touch in like that? So you you would want each episode to have balance? Yeah, I, I think oh, I there you. needs to be a point there. I mean, and that's why it's like, eh, you know, I think each episode has to have a balance of it. When you go, here's a bunch of brand new stuff you never saw before. And then another episode, it's like, oh, here's a bunch of stuff that's all we've already seen before. Hey, we're back on Tatooine. Hey, there's sand people. Hey, look, there's a pod race going on over there. Like, okay, that's overkill. We don't need that. (laughs) I just think there needs to be a balance going on, you know, within the episodes. And that's the difference you get with different people directing each episode. Yes. Some some people want to go on a total, you know, like you said, like we call it fan service kick, and others want to just go in a different direction. You know, I mean, we can look at the theatrical releases and say Force Awakens definitely had a more Star Wars feel, you know, than we expected. And we're like, wow, this feels like a Star Wars movie. Some people loved it. Some people hated it and said it was it was like they stole the formula from the first movie. I'm just like... Well, I mean, how many different plots can you come up with? It's just like there's only so many notes on a guitar, you know. Yes, you can be you can be creative, but the thing is, you're you're probably going to stumble upon an old formula, and especially if the formula works, get over it. It was good. It was enjoyable. I think it's but been. Then you I have, think it's... then you have something like the Last Jedi that's totally like we look at it as we've discussed it before. It, it's a great movie, but it's not a good Star Wars movie. 
I think the Star Wars universe has proven that it can come up with original ideas and be independent mm-hmm. from Star Wars while still being in Star Wars. And I'm thinking right. Rogue One, I'm thinking Solo, and I am mm-hmm. thinking certain episodes from this series of television show, The Mandalorian, where mm-hmm. you you do have that. You don't necessarily have to just be like, these are the original three, these are the six, these are the nine, and we're going to stay within this realm. You can mm-hmm. go outside of that realm and it can be entertaining while still being Star Wars. You don't have to I, I don't want to keep harping on it, but you don't need Wampus to, to have that happen, man. It's I just, need Wampus. <laughs> we're going to leave it on that note. The reason Wampus. I need Wampus... Okay, listen. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this up. The reason I need Wampus is because there was a deleted scene from The Empire Strikes Back that I'm really disappointed they took out because I thought it was perfect, it was amazing, and it makes me laugh every single time I see it. So do you recall the deleted scene I'm speaking about? I don't. Okay. I'm so I do. As as they're running, as everybody is running out of the rebel base on Hoth, because the Empire is like, you know, here they come, you know, they're all, they're, you know, Darth Vader's coming down, and they're running out, and the place is falling apart, and um, C three PO is running away from a bunch of stormtroopers, right, or snowtroopers. He he runs up to a door that has some type of warning sign on it. He rips the warning sign off the door, like rips the paper right off. And then runs away. Then a trooper comes up and tries to open the door. The warning sign was a be- was basically saying, "Warning: There are wampas in this room." <laughs> so he so he walks up, opens the door, and gets yanked in by a wampa. And it's it's so funny because C three PO is just like, hmm. He he stops, looks up at it, rips it down, and then runs away. Like, ha ha. <laughs> it's I I thought it was perfect. And it's amazing because if you do play like the game Shadows of the Empire, there are, while you're on Hoth and different places like that, you open up doors and there's a bunch of wampas walking around in there. So I, I thought it was like that's where they got it from. It was this deleted scene. So they put that in the video game that there's just, for some reason, they have rooms full of wampas. But, you know, probably, you know, they found them around like, oh, we need to detain these so they don't hurt us, you know. And But I thought that scene was great. So the fact that they cut it out, it's just like, ugh. Further, the only time you ever see a Wampa in the actual Star in the Star Wars theatrical universe is that one time. And if you watch the original version, it was only like half a second because you never actually yeah. saw it. I, I did like the special edition where they added that scene of him in there eating the uh, the Tauntaun. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. That was a very, very, very welcomed addition, you know, to give you more than what we saw in the theatrical. Um you know, and then he hears him getting the lightsaber and whatever. But that's the thing is, like, you never really see Wampas, but I, I don't know. I, I've played enough of the video games and to, to know that I'm like, oh, that's a really cool character I'd love to see some more of. Because you see them in, like, tons in the, in the games. I can and probably see in the books, would, too. After, after hearing you explain it, I can kind of see how you would be disappointed. You see Ice Planet, you start thinking Hoth, you get super excited, and then you're immediately disappointed. So I get it. Yes. Yeah, so that's 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 all I'm saying is I want more wampas, you know. So if anybody's thinking about you know a Christmas gift for me, you know, a nice big stuffed wampa that might do it, um, you know, whatever. But anyway, I think I think we've pretty much beaten this wampa thing up right now. So yeah, we've beaten this episode to death. Yes, we did, and I think it's good. You know, we're we're not just gushing over it. I think we've we found we found a lot of good stuff here, and it's again, I don't hate this episode. I don't. I, I think it's a great episode. However, there are definitely some things I would have I would have liked to see that I did not see. Um, but that's that's my whole take on it. 
Well, all right. I think that's going to do it for this episode. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, We will touch base again next week for the, uh, what's that, the 11th chapter now. Wow, it's going pretty well. Cool. Well, you guys have a good one. Good evening, good afternoon, and good night wherever you are. Stay classy, San Diego.